0: Hi, Damien DeMarcus from 100 Not Out here. MP? Yes, Damo? We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter The Journey of Me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal
1: designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, The Journey of Me is a must-have if you're ready to live your
0: best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com.
1: WellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives.
0: You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Whitten
2: and Leah Follett.
0: Welcome to A Quirky Journey. Join us as we share our family's journeys to good health. You'll find plenty of inspiration, tips and recipe ideas, as well as stories from everyday people who've struggled and overcome health problems and diet challenges in their own families. I'm Jo Witten, author of the blog and book Quirky Cooking, and today I'm here with my friend Fuad Kassab. Hi, Fuad.
1: Hi, Joe. How's it going?
0: Good. We don't have Leah here. We were going to have the three of us together sometime. We still haven't managed it, but she's with us in spirit.
1: (laughs) Well, I was really looking forward to today, and I was hoping that Leah would be here because that's how it all started with us. And uh, it would have been fantastic to have her back and uh, have a good catch up with all three of us. We
0: will do that as soon as we can. Leah's way out of range, living out whoop whoop with no internet. <laughs> so, I have to get is it. She,
1: has she moved to 1987 or something? Or...
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: She's still in this time and space?
0: Oh, yes, yes. Okay, she's fantastic. in this time and space. All right, wow. As far as I know, unless yeah. she's been messaging me from elsewhere.
1: Well, who knows? Your time is cyclical, Joe. Who knows?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just never know. Yep. But um, she's enjoying the quieter life, I think. Great. On the farm.
1: That's enviable.
0: Yeah. So we're all, we've been talking about this, haven't we? We're all working on simplifying our lives and quietening things down.
1: Yeah, for
0: sure. It's always something that um, we have to work on in this day and age. But we thought we'd have a bit of a catch-up, and um, Fuad will give you a bit of his story, and then we're going to be talking about... Um, what to do when you've done GAPS and you've done paleo and where do you go from there and is it something that is a long-term thing or a short-term thing and how do you know what to do and when do you bring foods back in and that kind of thing. So we'll see how we go. <laughs> we yeah. could be here all night, couldn't we?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, Joe and I, you and I have been talking. Um, well, can we cut this? Is this something that can be edited, Joe? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, uh, Joe, you and I have been talking for around uh, 25 minutes before this uh, conversation started, so yep. uh, I think, um, you <laughs> we're know, trying we've, to get we've done it all, that's 1st yeah. <laughs> we're, we're trying not to stay here for six hours tonight, so we'll try to keep it brief and uh, focus on, on the topic, <laughs> but there's so much to catch up on. And, and we're both and,
0: uh, as bad as each other
2: with talking a lot, so...
1: Yes, I, I come from a family of raconteurs, my father, my uh, grandfather, my great-grandfather, they, they all told stories and wrote yep. poetry and things like that. So, same with mine. are going to have to stop me from talking. Yeah, yep, mine are just the same.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: funny. Uh, well, um, we should just explain a little bit about um, how we met and how all this came about because we were going to be doing this podcast with the three of us, um, but we didn't manage to get hold of Fuad because he went and started a restaurant. So, (laughs) As you do? As you do. Yeah. So, um, managed to get him back now, so no.
1: (laughs) Do I sound more relaxed now, Joe? You sound so
0: much more relaxed.
1: Yeah. Wow. I feel it. I feel good. I'm feeling great. That's good. You've,
0: You've had your restaurant time and you're ready to have a break. Yeah, Yeah. that was good. No, well, um, what we were saying before, um, we were trying to remember when we first met, and I think we figured out about five years ago or so. Yeah,
1: 2010 was our first contact.
0: Yeah, so Fuad was this, like, amazing food blogger, and I was a beginner food blogger. (laughs) And I would go and drool over all his photos and recipes and just think, oh, I wish I could blog like that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, now you, you've done it. You're, you know, I don't you're know. My photos yeah, are not you, as you good as yours. Me. You're, no, You're a are is... sensation, Joe. <laughs> <with me?
0: laughs> I still don't have the photos down pat, but that's yeah. okay. I'm still using my iPhone.
1: <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm just a better cook. I think I can just well, my food true. looks that's better. True. That's what it is. You know, it's all about the subject.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're still a smarty pants too. Well, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah, alright, so I don't know where we, we want to start, like maybe I'll, um, I'll explain a little bit about uh, the restaurant that, yeah, do that. in perspective for mm. um, listeners, so maybe if anyone remembers me from the first podcast, did we, I don't know if you mentioned the, the restaurant yeah, we back did, then. Yeah, we did, Okay, yeah. so but, um, to catch up, everyone up, um, so I, I started a, a restaurant in April 2014
2: mm-hmm. called
1: Chickpea. And that was a restaurant, um, I think, from, from what I know, it was the first true paleo real foods restaurant yeah. in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't... Um, maybe there were cafes that did that, but a, a restaurant that did paleo oh, real foods yeah, for, for a dinner experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's been done since even. No, so we actually uh, focused... Rare. Yeah, yeah. And uh, even, like, around the world. Uh, so... Um, and I, I did that. I started it because I had been on paleo since uh, April 2011, I believe, back okay. then. And I had benefited so much from it. And it just really, really impacted my health and my well-being mentally and physically in such a profound way mm. that I felt that um, if I were to open up a restaurant, it would be very important for me to actually create something that would bring health to people rather than be one that would be you know just commercial mm-hmm. and uh, you know i 'm not a chef i don 't come from that kind of background. Um, my food thing started with the, the blog I, I started a blog called the food blog com.au back in two thousand and six, which was really really early on and then um, you know, it was so easy back then, Joe, that I got the domain name, the food blog. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so,
0: that's just amazing, the food
1: blog. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it really helped with those search engine optimization. Yeah. And, um, and that, you know, I used that because i would come from Lebanon. I came in 2001, and I, I was writing about food because I was doing – I had done English literature at uni before I did software engineering, and I, I had this love for writing, and I thought I'd keep it up through the blog. And that mm. was you know, the blog You're was... very good at it. Thank you. I, I love writing. It's, mm-hmm. I think that's still, you know, the thing that I, I enjoy the most after yeah. all this journey yeah. well, that's been here to me. But um, this this whole thing... Um, so the blog was the first Lebanese food blog to ever be written. It, I think wow. it was the first Middle Eastern food blog ever as well. Well, even um,
0: in, there's none like over in Lebanon or... No. Oh, no.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, it. I think, yeah, I was... Yeah, at first, the first to do the blog, the first to do a paleo restaurant in Australia. Not that, I'm not bragging about no, it. No, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, And it's daunting. It's, it's, yeah. you know, it's, <laughs> you're you're kind of like, is this going to work? Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone even care? <laughs> <laughs> so, that's yeah. the that's scary bit. But like, yeah. with chickpea, it went really well. It People did. loved it. Oh, and, the food um,
0: was amazing.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it, yeah, how could it not be? I mean, it's, it's all real food. Mm, we're using exactly. grass-fed meats, and yep. uh, we're using all fresh vegetables and real oils and yeah. you know uh, traditional fats. You and can't we, go wrong. You know, no, you can't. And uh, we treated it with the love and respect that the ingredient required of us. And, mm-hmm. and people came, and it was it was an ethnic cuisine. So it was Lebanese food, Middle Eastern, and you know that we've got a you know five thousand year old heritage of cooking. Mm. In that region, So it's, we, we weren't trying to do anything fancy, but we were trying to cook real food done in a traditional way. Yep. And uh, people loved it, and the Good Food Guide nominated us in the top ten pop-ups uh, for the year, and mm. we called uh, the, what was it, one of the best pop-ups of the decade by the Sydney wow. Morning. Which was amazing. That's so cool. Um, and then after that, after I closed that down in November, um, I uh, was given the opportunity to join Oz Harvest mm-hmm. and uh, do another pop up that um, supported them. So the space that I was given was a space that they had, mm-hmm. and I did a replica of chickpea and called it Baraka. And Baraka did pretty much what chickpea did, but mm-hmm. uh, on top of that, we were giving a percentage of our uh, takings to mm-hmm. Oz Harvest, which rest Yeah, it's an amazing charity. Mm. They rescue around 56 tons of food uh, a week. That's amazing. Yeah. And the number's growing. And we also had uh, some of the youth that they train in the Oz Harvest Kitchen. They they have a a program where they teach uh, young, underprivileged Australians how to cook. Oh,
2: that's
1: awesome. they came through our kitchen and we helped them and gave them a taste of the real world in the kitchen. and. Uh, And that restaurant just uh, finished up uh, two weeks ago. And I've uh, regained consciousness after what seemed like a (laughs) four-month-long tsunami. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's why I'm feeling like, you know, I'm so relaxed now.
0: Yeah, you sound really laid back. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I also had a, uh, I was in Bangkok. When was it? Uh, I'm losing track of time, but maybe two weeks ago,
2: okay.
1: and uh, we left uh, Bangkok, I, I was, my hotel was right next to the, uh, the Hindu temple, that, um, the Hindu shrine that okay. had um, um, exploded in it, basically like 19 people died and oh. 120 were injured, and it was um, literally 30 seconds from my hotel. What
0: well, happened when you were there?
1: No, it happened oh. two days after left. And oh, okay. I walked past that shrine every day and I actually went inside a couple of times and um, I used to buy my coconut from the street vendor next to it in oh, the morning. Yeah. And um, so I came here and heard that news and it made me really sad for the people that had yeah. suffered through it and really grateful for having come back in one piece yeah. to my family. Yeah. so. So now, you know, at, at this stage, I think after a restaurant closed down and, uh, you know, having ex- that experience, not that, you know, I experienced it myself. But it's just, you just it still feel still is like, a wake-up call, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm. And then, so, you know, very little will sort of phase you after that kind of stuff. Mm. So I'm, that's why I'm feeling relaxed, Joe. How about yeah. you? <laughs> You've been through, through a, a GAPS journey over the yes. past... Yes, yeah. Come on, let me know. It's nearly what a
0: happened. year now. Oh, it is a year. Because wow. when Isaac got really sick, it was last June, July. Yep. And um, we went, I just dived head, dove, sorry, <laughs> head first into gaps. And yeah. then I went, okay, this is more difficult than I realized. I'm going to have to backpedal a little bit. And we went back to paleo and then once, and, and then on to full gaps, and then which is a little bit stricter than paleo. And then when we had time at home for a whole month in October, then we went intro paleo. And the difference is I wish you could see for what I haven't caught up with you for a while, but I wish you could see the difference with Isaac now compared to 12 months ago. It makes me cry when I think of it. He really? was, you know, 12 months ago, he was um, just could not cope with anything at all. Schoolwork, yeah showers changing clothes feeding himself nothing he couldn't cope at all now he's got his first job he's working at the supermarket and everybody comments on how friendly and outgoing and excited he is about his job and he just jumps out of the car and runs inside he just loves it Um, he's going full blast with his schoolwork, which he couldn't even do school for like two months Wow. Um, he's got the Rubik's I remember.
1: I remember yeah, you. Yeah.
0: You remember. He
1: was on medication.
0: He was. And yeah. he was doing, um, oh, now he can solve the Rubik's Cube in 10 seconds and, you know, it's just like, Dream kaboom. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I saw that video.
0: Yeah. So he's, he's just. Well, it's,
1: it's one of those things that the Rubik's Cube, I don't know about you Joe, but whenever I look at it, I go, that's amazing. <laughs> I will never apply myself to learn this. Though. Well, that's all it is, yeah. is applying. It is. Exactly.
0: <laughs> like Isaac says, Mum, I try to make sure people know that I'm not some kind of freak. Anybody yeah. can learn yeah. this. Yeah, I'm like, true. yeah, but Zachy, most people don't want to learn pages yeah. <laughs> of algorithms. I know it seems normal to you, but most yeah. people don't want to do it. <laughs>
1: that's right. That's so cool to see it, um, especially yeah. knowing Zach as well. Wow, it's, yeah. it's amazing. He's just
0: doing so much better. and. Um, it's been actually a really positive experience, the, gap, the whole GAPS journey. We haven't had any real terrible meltdowns with the kids. They haven't rebelled and run away from home because they hate the food. <laughs> mm-hmm. They've actually really done well. And my the one that was the most against doing GAPS was my um, eldest boy, who's now 16, and he, he came to me the other day and he said, Mum, you know, I'm really glad we've done GAPS. And he said, this food's really helping me to be really fit and healthy for soccer because all he wants to be in the world is a soccer player. And um, he said, I'm so glad we're doing it. And, you know, even when we stop, I'm still going to eat healthy because I want to be fit and I want to be healthy. And so it's been really positive. I think the kids have learnt heaps about food. Um, They've learnt (laughs) to enjoy foods that they didn't enjoy before. Um, So... Yeah. um gigantic blessings all around here
1: <laughs> so so where are you now what are you eating
0: well now we're mostly full gaps so mm-hmm. um the kids are pretty good with some cheeses yogurt butter ghee mm-hmm. which they didn't have before very much at all yeah um <clears throat> simmy's a bit like me he's the eldest boy yes. he can't handle too much dairy
2: yeah
0: I can handle a tiny bit of cheese and a tiny bit of ghee and butter but not if I go overboard, I generally end up with histamine reactions.
1: Well, you never used to be able to handle no any,
0: any. i would yeah. I would get like a flu symptoms if I had butter for three days in a row yeah um, but now I'm a little bit better i'm I wouldn't say I'm ready to go gung ho with dairy <laughs> I yeah. don't know if I ever will be, but this is what we've sort of thought was really interesting that where do you go after a year or two on gaps, and where do you go after a couple of years on paleo? Do you start bringing things back in and I would actually I would actually love it if you would share a bit about your story about why you changed your diet and how it helped, and then sure. how that continued on with um, when you started to bring some things back in
1: yeah definitely I mean um... yeah,
0: because I'm sort of at the stage where. You know, you, um, we're sort of halfway through gaps and you think, well, I guess we'll still continue to improve, um, hopefully.
2: Yeah, of course you um, will.
0: Yeah. And, but the kids are starting to ask, well, when can we start bringing this back in? And when can we start bringing that back in? And I'm sort of holding them off at the moment. They're, they're okay. They're fine. They're not freaking out, but they're just curious, you know? Yes.
1: So, okay. Yeah. All right. But well, too- okay. I'll, I'll start by saying I don't have all the answers and I'll just explain my experience and how my view has changed over the years. Mm. And I think um, what happens to, um, to to someone who goes on a diet that works mm-hmm. is like you meeting the love of your life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what it is, right? You, yeah. you, you go, I love everything about it it's amazing, it makes me feel better, it makes me feel happier, I wake up excited in the morning and all that.
2: Yeah, I feel and, so much uh, more alive. Yeah,
1: which is great, you yeah. know. It's, yeah. but, um, but the similarities end, you know, like this is, you haven't met your soulmate, really. It's, yeah. uh, what, what you've done is you've found a diet that actually is fit for, um, for purpose for now. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of background where I've come from. So, um, I, I, I come from a Lebanese family and the reason why that's important is um, we are, um, we're very trigger-happy when it comes to antibiotics in, in the Lebanese, really? uh, yeah, very much so. So like, if, I, if you get a cold, they put you on antibiotics.
0: Really?
2: So
1: yeah, it's just ridiculous, you know, like, maybe they're changing now, but like, they they, they very much over medicate and, okay. um, you know, I was, um, I, I grew up, I was born in 1980, mm-hmm. and, um, that was pretty much, you know, three, or three or three and a half years after the start of the Civil War, mm-hmm. so I was born into, you know, war, basically, and, mm-hmm. and there was no, uh, access to all, all these amazing fresh ingredients that one would you know, expect of the Mediterranean, and mm. um, we had a lot of um, food get sent to us from uh, you know not just us. It's not like my family, but to the Lebanese in general. There was a lot of foreign aid, mm. which pretty much was those shelf stable white flours yes. and white sugars yep. and uh, legumes and things like that. So we we had a very carb heavy um, diet as we grew up, and there's a lot of processed foods. Um, even though Lebanon was a the country of olive oil uh, the lebanese also moved to using things like canola and vegetable mm. oils when it came it's to sad, frying isn't it? yeah it is sad i mean we we use olive oil for uh dressing and okay. we don 't cook with it uh, but if you want to fry anything you know you 'll fried and uh, vegetables yeah and um so that that was really. It was just one of those things, one of those factors, or I'll, I'll repeat. So that was really some of the factors that affected uh, my growth and my health. And I, I see photos of myself when I was a, a young child, and I, I was uh, overweight from the get-go. Okay. And, um, you know...
0: Living on white flour and white sugar. Yeah, you? <laughs>
1: you know, things like, uh, you know, bottle-fed and... Yeah. Um, it's all that kind of mm-hmm. skim milk, but I don't know what they put in it. And uh, we didn't have access to milk, mm. like fresh milk. So milk was uh, all dried milk. Yeah. And uh, we, I remember, like growing up, you know, mixing the milk powder with sugar and just eating it as a snack. You know
0: what? Uh, I grew up on on um, that kind of milk too.
1: Right. Mm. Yeah. So so you know that that stuff is. Uh, it's because super we had no tasty. money, so <laughs> it is actually delicious. Yeah, it was. It, like, oh,
0: I didn't really like it, and it did bother me. Right when I was little, I remember ah, right. not yeah, feeling okay. well if I had much.
1: Yeah, like yeah. I, I didn't actually know what feeling well and not feeling no. well. You know, I didn't have that I kind of. It,
0: uh, I had major reactions to okay dairy.
1: <laughs> yeah, so for me, my health started uh, deteriorating. Like the, the early signs were the the obesity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was more the like ear infections later on, mm. and which i I went on I used to get these ear infections when I was twelve, thirteen years old, and I got a lot of antibiotics uh, injections and pills and things like that mm. and then when I turned seventeen, I started getting um, acne mm-hmm. and um, that was um, <laughs> it was basically uh, I used to get it in my scalp and then it spread to the rest of my body and it was really vicious, mm. and I was on antibiotics for many, many years there, and then... Um, but non-stop? I, non-stop. Wow. I, I, yeah, like, I would go, like, you know, six months of the year is on antibiotics for wow. And I came to Australia, and then there I was also, would go to see a doctor, and the doctor would put me on antibiotics, and mm. I'd still get the ear infections, and they'd give me antibiotics for that. So I was like, it was just crazy. Constant. Mm. Yeah, I, I stopped myself from swearing. I was just mad. Uh, <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. <yeah. And, laughs> so, uh, so, you know, you, you get loaded. So what we know now is that there's, um, you know, significantly more, man, more bacteria
2: mm.
1: in and on us, so in our gut and on our skin, yeah. than they, like in terms of cell count, than there are human cells. Yep. So um, the antibiotics created um, a state of dysbiosis, which is the state where um, you know you're no longer in a natural state of biological harmony between your uh, bacteria, the bacteria that's in and on you. Um, you get an overgrowth of good, the bad stuff and an undergrowth of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you're feeding uh, the bacteria all the sugars and uh, bad oils go into your uh, system and they cause a a state of chronic inflammation. And Mm -hmm. uh, what happens there is, um, you know, all this bacteria is actually responsible for our immune system. Uh, It's responsible for creating energy and creating vitamins for us. So, you know, it's it's just a, a whole heap of things that uh, was supposed to be working in my system that stopped working, mm-hmm. and I found myself, you know, 124 kilos. Mm-hmm. And um, at what age? At um, so that would have been yeah, February 2011. So mm-hmm. I was, um, you know, 31, 31 years old. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, and I couldn't believe it because I, you know, I could. I'd go on a diet, I would lose a little bit of weight, mm. and then after a while, I'd, you know, slip back into it. Yeah. Then I would put on the weight and come back with a vengeance, and and I felt tired all the time, and I was sleeping. You know, it was just madness, you know. Like it, it wasn't the way a human was supposed to feel like, and I I felt like envious of everyone around me because,
2: yeah.
1: you know, I had all these like people would walk around like if someone had good skin, I'd just go. Far out, man! I wish I had that. You know, yeah. I, I, um You know, it was like my nose was always blocked. My um, I was just always lethargic. I just didn't have energy for things. And I had like my my first daughter was you know on on her way, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was just worried about what kind of father I, I would be. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. Am I, am I taking too long? No, no, no. This
0: is interesting.
1: Okay. So, um, from, you know, what kind of human I'm going to be, what kind of father am I going to be, what kind of husband am I going to, going to be, mm-hmm. um, all these things were, were really worrying me. And I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not this person who just goes through life without self-examining. You know, I, I, I do a lot of that. yeah, And um, and I was just, I found it really difficult to, to come to terms with the, the idea of, me actually being broken for some reason. Like so mind you at the time, like all these um, things that I told you now, these kind of the, the awareness of my biological state, mm. these things weren't in my radar. I didn't no. wasn't educated about them. I didn't know that all these things were true, you know.
0: You just know that you felt yuck.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I felt bad and I was doing what the doctors were telling me to do. Mm. And um, so it all started with a, an article that, you know, people who are in the paleosphere um, would, would remember because it was quite pivotal. And the name would be quite memorable, even though, like, the guy who wrote the article, I haven't seen him much in the in media recently, but mm-hmm. his name was Gary Tobbs And he was talking about, uh, he had a New York Times article called, "Is Sugar Toxic and he had written about Dr. Robert Lustig, which people would probably know about, and he was um, basically making this argument about how sugar is toxic, and he was supporting Lustig's uh, argument, and he he was saying how, like, Lustig has this uh, greatly scientific lecture on YouTube that's attracted more than a million viewers, Mm. and it's just... Amazed by the fact that people are actually listening, even though it's so dry and it is so (laughs) scientific, but people are listening because it, you know, says some truth to them. Mm. And he goes into the whole uh, biology of sugar and how sugar affects your body and Mm -hmm. uh, how it can cause all these things. And uh, at the end of the article, it said Gary Taubes is the author of uh, Good Calories, Bad Calories, and. why we get fat and what we can do about it. I think that's the name of the book okay. I can't remember word for word. But I read that, I was like, why we get fat and what we can do about it? Why would you write a book about that? Like we know why you get fat and what you can do about it. We know it. You know, you get fat because you eat too much <laughs> and you don't exercise enough. And that, that that's was what we were the, always
0: told, wasn't it?
1: That's what we're we're taught. Now, like someone like you, probably would, you've never had a weight problem. You're like, no, you're it's always been the it. opposite. trying yeah, to yeah. <laughs> put it on, and and you also know how hard that is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, and it's um, not just
0: a fec- it's not just a case of eating more, no. and exercising less. <laughs>
1: that, yeah, that's right. You can't even if you reverse it. Work. And so I I I went and bought the book, and I read it. Mm-hmm. And it made the argument that um, the impact of food on your body isn't, it cannot be isolated down to the caloric impact. And you have to look at the hormonal impact because, mm-hmm. after all, it is hormones mm-hmm. that control how your body stores and manages fat. Mm-hmm. And his argument was I'll, I'll put it very simply. If you you eat something that spikes your insulin, uh, your insulin uh, increases in in your system and it does uh, two things. One thing it does is it tells your um, muscles to burn glycogen, which is the uh, sugar stored in your muscles. That's the form of sugar that gets stored in your muscles. And the second thing it does, well it does three things. It probably does a lot more, but three, three main things. So one is the, uh, the signal for the muscles to burn glycogen. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a signal for fat cells to store fat. Mm-hmm. And the third one, it tells the liver to actually take any excess sugar, turn it into fat. Mm-hmm. And then have that, if it can't store it, and then, have, then the fat cells will store that into fat. And the reason why it does that, he argued, was if you ate too much sugar, um, your body cannot, uh, will, will be... Um, Hyperglycemic, which means you go into a state where there's an excess of sugar into in your bloodstream, which would be poisonous to you. So our body needs to control sugar in a really really tight band. If it goes up too much, you're hyperglycemic. If it goes down too much, it become hyp you become hypoglycemic. so, in fact, it's trying to control the, the level of acceptable sugar in your bloodstream. So, there needs to be some sugar, but it can't be too high or too low. Mm-hmm. And because we eat a mainly carbohydrate based diet, and it is only carbohydrates, that's the only macronutrient that does spike mm-hmm. uh, insulin production in the pancreas as much, uh, you know, more, way, significantly way more than protein. Protein does to a, a really small extent, but. Um, it is carb- it's the carbohydrates that are responsible for the increase in insulin, mm-hmm. uh, and we eat a mainly carbohydrate-based diet because of the food pyramid, um, that if we eat carbs, we're going to put on weight because that's pretty much what, you know, what happens biologically for us. Uh, now, you know, this is definitely a, um, you know, a valid idea. Like, there's no doubt that mm-hmm. you know, the insulin is, is a fat storage hormone, and like, we, we know that that's its job. But also the, you know, the, that's that's definitely not the whole picture. There's mm-hmm. a lot more to it, but uh, really, it's um it's eighty percent of the picture, if not more. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, a simple intervention such as switching to a low carbohydrate diet will reverse the chronic insulin, the chronically elevated insulin levels, and people will. Uh, you be able to lose weight because yeah. they, their fat cells aren't told anymore to hold on to fat as much as uh, they used to be all your life, and uh, so I, I I read that book and um, I'd uh, yeah I, it, it really resonated. Mm-hmm. So and I thought you know what like I'm I'm just gonna try it. Yeah. Like, what about you? Know, to <laughs> yeah, like I've been following conventional wisdom for for <laughs> so long. I'll, I'll see what happens. I did it, and um, it so was pretty
0: much went onto a paleo
1: diet, or well, I went on a low carb diet. Low carb, okay, yeah. Yeah, so so I, like he had, you know, but like to me, I, I wouldn't like I'm not a, like I am i have not eaten, say, McDonald's probably since 2004. You know, like I don't eat that kind of stuff. No, I I used to be a reviewer for the Sydney Morning Herald Food Guide. Yeah,
2: so you
1: I mean, ate good food. I ate good food. That was really my my thing, I, I, I didn't. I was also really interested, and uh, it was really important to me to eat locally uh, to support my local community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, if, if you look at um, if you want to eat that way and also eat low carb, you kind of naturally gravitate towards a paleo diet. Yeah. And that's what I found myself eating. But, like, um, Paleo is so broad, and that's one thing mm. you get as well is um, you know I, I think any any move to paleo from a conventional diet will definitely be beneficial to people yeah um, but um, paleo can can be a spectrum mm-hmm. as well, and you know it's it's a meat and veg and fruit diet and nuts and seeds and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but it's not prescriptive, so it doesn't tell you how much to eat because no. what it's basically it says is, you know, these are safe foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when people read that, oh, you should be low carb you know, mm-hmm. because that, that's really where paleo has its biggest success with people who are on a traditional, well, you know, a sad diet, standard mm-hmm. Australian yeah. diet, is when you move them from that kind of diet into paleo. Mm -hmm. and um, what happens is you put them on on this diet that excludes legumes and uh, breads and pastas and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so their carbohydrate load automatically goes down and in contrast to a typical diet it it would be a low carb diet so uh, but of course paleo these days if you look at it it as opposed to how it used to look back in those days, because people are evolving their understanding of it as well. And that's yeah. one of those that we want to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, the, the idea is paleo, in its. Um, how can I put it? So paleo um, has expanded and become a little bit more open to certain foods. So it, it starts off by saying look, you know, food from the Paleolithic that we have a history of use with. Is most probably safe, so let's take it and say, yeah, that's good. And then food that is um, Neolithic or agrarian, and um, you know, or uh, food that we have access to today that wasn't available in the Neolithic, let's approach it with caution and see and see how you know. Let's look at it. Let's look at it with a little bit of science, you know, like uh, because of course we're an omnivore, and the omnivore's the dilemma. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that uh, we can put anything down our mouth and we might not feel the immediate impact of it, it might right. have a you know a chronic uh, effect on us so it takes time to build up and um, and that's what we need to be able to understand like what foods have a, a negative long term impact on us even though we can put them down our mouth today mm-hmm. in a year's time is it good for us because yeah. it takes time for our biology to actually you know react to these things yeah. so now paleo is um, you know, it's super cool with things like uh, white potatoes. It's super cool. with, Is it? Uh, Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. uh, sweet potatoes, mm-hmm. uh, white rice. Uh, you know, even people, you'll hear anyone like, um, you know, Mark Sisson or Rob Wolf uh, talk about that. Uh, one of my favorite people. Who, he's not a scientist, you know, but he's just an amazing human being. Angelo mm-hmm. Coppola. Humans are not broken. Or latest in theory was his early podcast. You know, he talks about those concepts of actually, you know, like looking at, at these things and just seeing how he, how you feel on. Them.
0: Yeah, and that's that's well, the secret, isn't it? That yeah, people get caught up in what someone tells them they must eat.
1: Yeah, and well, and
0: don't check what works for them.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, I think that that's a, that's a good point. Mm. But also, we we are these. Uh, we are strange creatures, Joe. So what we do is we, um, we, we find something that works for us. And we think somehow that, we are, um, that there's a world of change and flux all around us, mm-hmm. that the seasons come and go, mm-hmm. that there's night and that there's day, and there's hot and there's cold, and there's rough and there's smooth, and mm-hmm. things changing all the time except for us. Yeah. and that we are this only constant in this universe. <laughs> you know, we are born like this, we will continue to remain constant. So, the, you know, if you find something that's working for you now, it's going to work for you forever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's really the, mm-hmm. the, the big thing here is, you know, no. No,
2: you, it doesn't work can, like that. <laughs> no,
1: it, it doesn't, because like most of us, we are born kind of healthy, mm. you know? And then we get sick, and then yeah. we can get healthy again. Mm-hmm. And then when we get healthy again, you know, that's the, that's the real question. What do you do when you're healthy? Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, at the crux. of it. So um, I, I've taken a lot of time talking, us. So go, go ahead and... Uh,
0: okay. Ask you some questions. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
1: sure. Yeah, go for it. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> well, I just find that interesting because I often talk about this at my classes and seminars that um, if you look back 10 years, most likely you eat quite differently from 10 years ago. Most people that I ask that say, yes, definitely. And then I'll say, look back five years, do you eat differently to how you ate five years ago? And most people say, yes, I do. Um, and even one year. And for us, you know, it's something that as you work out different things that work better for you, you change it. And you don't have to be set in stone that I must eat this way, this is the best way to eat forever. Um, you, Especially like with gaps, I do love about gaps that you start off very, very simply and then you add things in little by little, and you can tell what's working for you and what's not because you're adding them in so slowly. Yeah. But even so, as your body heals, things that you couldn't handle at the, at the start, you can handle later. And yes. it, it's constantly changing. It's, um, it's always, and, and always being, basically being aware of how you feel when you eat food <laughs> so that you, you can tell what's working and
1: what's not. And uh, this, this is it. Like the the goal for us isn't to not to feel. It's not to feel great.
2: Mm-hmm. You know
1: that that's a side effect.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The goal for us is is to be happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And that's a more holistic view. So we, what the one that we will take for a diet is its job is to return us to a state of wellness that mm-hmm. allows us then live in harmony with our biology and what our biology intended. Mm -hmm. And if that's really how we should think about diets, then anything from paleo to um, GAPS or anything like that, Mm -hmm. it should allow for the fact that one day it needs to become obsolete for us. Because at one point in time, that point will come when you are going to want to eat a little bit of chickpeas, or yeah. you're going to eat a little bit of rice.
2: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: if you have this internal dialogue about like, that is just you're freaking out yeah. about eating this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Is this healthy? Is yeah. it healthy for you to think that way? Yeah. No, I'm not saying go out and eat, you know, McDonald's bad food. <laughs> so, the, like what I've seen in a lot of my friends who, who take this fully what they do is they start with a restrictive diet and then they start getting more and more restrictive. Yeah. Because they're like, okay, I took that out. Let me see how I felt better. And then I'm, I'm, let me see what else I can take out.
2: Because like, no.
0: surely I'll feel even better. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, the idea isn't like the food elimination is fantastic. And then yeah. you will definitely feel better if you eliminate things that don't make you feel good. Mm-hmm. But again, that's, that's the same just... thing as taking a pill, Joe.
0: It shouldn't be elimination for elimination's sake.
1: No, It should be
0: elimination to heal and then bringing things back in as you've healed.
1: Aim to get to a place where uh, your immune system and your digestive system is what a human's immune and digestive system should be like.
0: That you can eat traditional foods without getting sick.
1: Yeah, and Mm -hmm. stop eliminating stuff, stop doing all that kind of stuff. Of course, eliminate the foods that... You know you're reactive to, yeah. but in, in in the meantime, supplement with probiotics. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: get plenty of sunshine. Now mm-hmm. Do all that kind of stuff, which will help your immune system to heal over time. Yes. And don't get married to the idea that you know this diet is is the goal in itself. Yes. Because it's not.
0: That's right. Yep. Yeah. So true, and I think that. Um, people can get caught up in the culture of a diet.
1: It's so so beautiful. And it's it's such a beautiful... It's a, it's a miracle, Joe. Yeah. It's like you know you're um, you you do it. I did paleo, low carb, and I hit the the low carb wall. You know, I hit that wall. I, you've never experienced it, probably. You probably experienced a similar thing in in the gaps die off. Okay. But uh. You know, like you, you feel terrible.
2: Yeah.
1: You, know? you feel like you, you've hit this this wall. Like you've got this flu and you're exhausted yeah. and you're just irritable. I had that on
0: day four of Gaps. <laughs> right.
1: Okay, that's quick, eh? Hey?
0: Yeah, quick. four or five, and then yeah. it was gone within another couple of days.
1: Yeah. yeah. So the the low carb explanation. I'm not a biologist. Gaps I don't isn't know.
0: Gaps isn't low carb though, so yeah. it's probably different.
1: Yeah, probably. So, but yeah. the low carb explanation of what happened to okay. me mm-hmm. is uh, we have these um, things in our cells called mitochondria. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're like ancient little creatures that are actually symbiotic within our cells. That mm-hmm. they're not—they're not, in every single you know cell in our body. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not human, mm-hmm. but they kind of—I think they're closer to like bacteria or something. Yep. Like that. But their job is actually to manufacture energy for us, okay. and um, over a lifetime of uh, eating carbohydrates from what I understand, they, they specialize in, they sort of breed in a way mm-hmm. that becomes specialized in burning carbohydrates, yeah so the, their cycle of energy making is one that is dependent on the carbohydrates mm-hmm. uh, we can make energy substrates from uh, most things from you know all the macronutrients that we can eat, mm-hmm. and fat is one of them and uh, they, they're not very good at it because they've been doing the carb thing for so long. Okay. Um, what happens is after you've depleted all your sugar source from your muscles and your liver, um, because that's what your body does, like it, it keeps glycogen in the liver and in the muscles, and then you're still eating a lot this food but the, the, and there's energy coming into your body but it's very, very low in carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. The mitochondria just still don't know how to use mm-hmm. that energy. They, they, it's not something that they, they're um, very good at uh, mm-hmm. manufacturing energy from. But then your body upregulates the production of these m- mitochondria that are very good at burning fat. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up on that day where you, your body knows how to burn fat
2: mm-hmm. and, oh, <laughs> the
1: clarity <laughs> It's 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 like uh, I would imagine it's like you know um, being colorblind and then given new eyes and then yeah. you can see color and I was like I was still fat you know so <laughs> is, is that a politically correct term to use <laughs> well
0: you're yeah. talking about yourself so I can't really yeah. say <laughs> yeah. well you know
1: I, it's not it's not a shame I'm not you know trying to shame anyone it's yeah. I, I was and uh, I had a lot of fat on me and, uh, but I felt an energy that seemed boundless to me. Hmm. It seemed that uh, um, I had access to this powerhouse within my body that allowed me to to just, just move wow. and do things and want to do things and, and I just felt like I could clean my house and I could, uh, <laughs> you know, do my books and go for a walk and, you know, to chat to people and not feel sleepy at 3 p.m. and. Yeah. And I had this mental clarity. I could read books. I could talk. And it's just—I was like, "What?" Like it's as if you switched on a different human being with my consciousness, but you upgraded me. And I'm like, "I'm like, gee, wow, this is this is amazing." And and, and it honestly, felt like a miracle. And it yeah. was—if you think about it—I yeah. mean, that's what what you know. I I went from sickness to recovery. Mm. And um, so so then. I, I became very vocal about it, and uh, it became very important to my life, you know, that that this kind of truth goes out there, and people mm. are told about it, and it's still really important to me, even though now, like, my take on it, like, I've, I've kind of changed my view, and I, mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, I'm not as aggressive about it as yeah. I used to be, and, I, and I'm more open about, you know, there being uh, many ways to reach the top of that mountain, but once you're up there, the view might be the same, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so... I don't know. It's, uh, but it's that kind of power. And then if you couple that with something, which I, I didn't do, but I've seen it in friends of mine who would do something like CrossFit because yes. they go hand-in-hand, pale you on CrossFit. Yeah. So you've taken this person who you know typically couldn't, wasn't very healthy and uh, they were low on energy, and then you took them out. You gave them a bundle of energy. You surrounded them by a lot of these healthy, glowing, positive people. So what happens is you're with this group of people you're um, feeling better than you've ever felt before, before. You have all these endorphins rushing through your system. You've gone through ordeals with these people, which brings people closer together. And you've, you're feeling on top of the world, mm-hmm. and you've got this community of people who feel the same around you. And all of a sudden, you, like, like, how amazing is that for a human experience? Yeah. Like how often do we feel that?
2: Yeah, really. It's like,
1: awesome. Yeah, it's really rare that we mm. feel it. It's a chemically induced state.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: um, in a way, like you on on this high, I'm, I'm not taking away from the experience because I'm, I'm you know it's amazing. Yeah. But um, you know you can see why it's addictive, and you can see why people would sort of um, take this stance on it as if it becomes a life philosophy for them, yeah. and then they hold on to it in a way like because they will fear the change. In their life, they will fear losing it if mm. they take something like a, a more relaxed approach to, around it, and so yeah, so they're down around them. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I'm not trying to reduce the experience of people to this, but I'm sure there's an element of truth to this, uh, as as in any kind of group sport, you know, it brings people together, but especially when you've come from. A position where you you weren't healthy mm-hmm. and now you are and now you're doing this, mm-hmm. you know, at, at an age where you're an adult. Like I, I used to run, no, I never used to run, <laughs> but uh, I used to. At school, they used to make us run, and I hated it. And I I actually once asked my friend who was slightly less heavy than I was. I said, Kim, I I don't know, I must have been like nine years old, something ridiculous, and I asked him. I said to him, Hey man, do you mind if I don't come last this time, would you let, let me be?
2: Aww.
1: <laughs> you know, because it was it was such a big thing for me. Yeah. You know, like, I just felt like um you know I I, I was always last in these things. It was it's, you know, so yeah. imagine me, you take me out of that kind of misery, my skin is now good, yeah. I don't have acne anymore. I've lost now since then thirty kilos. Yeah, wow. and um, you know, if I'm in an environment where I'm surrounded by these people, where I'm athletically challenging, you know, people half my age and actually being able to kick ass, yeah, you know, right. how am I gonna feel? I'm gonna. Yeah. It's just gonna be amazing, you know. Amazing. So, yeah. So, um, so you know, it's top. It, it's great, but also um, you have to continue to evolve as a human being and see what works and what doesn't work and you know you can still have these amazing experiences but with an open mind and you can continue to have a better journey if you know decide that yeah it is alright to eat this because I can handle it all right? like now for instance I'm happy to eat potatoes because I'm no longer insulin resistant. My, my, You know, my insulin doesn't spike as high as it used to be. I don't have these chronically elevated insulin levels that always ask my body to store fat and, uh, you know, I can't burn sugar anymore. So So you find,
0: when you first started bringing, you know, like white potato back in and maybe a little bit of gluten, do you have any gluten in your diet?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Sometimes? I try not to. So like, Gluten for me is, is definitely, so my, my philosophy is eat food that is uh, high in nutrition and low in toxicity. Yes. Uh, that's really where, where I go. I, okay. uh, not, I no longer have that kind of label of failure. Yes. Or uh, that's, I think that's, a good, that's
0: a good thing to say, actually, high in nutrition and low in
1: toxicity. Yeah. Mm. So the high in nutrition is like calorically, yes. you look at, food, you know, how many calories does it have? Um, not that calories really matter, but what what you want to do is you know like you want to be reasonable mm. you know you don 't want to go crazy and eat eight thousand calories a day it 's just you know that 's yeah. not what we do as people
2: yeah.
1: um, so eat food real food, make it sure making sure that it 's you know calorically adequate you 're getting what you need out of it and that it 's got nutrition in it it 'll give you all the vitamins and minerals that mm-hmm. you need. And that there's no toxins in it that will chronically build up and cause issues. Like, I've been in, in India. I went to India for a while. I just came back. So, that was... Um, I spent nine days there, and then three in Bangkok. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're masters of uh, the tandoor there. They make this, yeah. um, you know, the tandoor is this um, furnace that's built into the ground. Mm-hmm. And uh, ah, it just it's got this intense, intense heat in it and they make uh paratas and naan breads and things mm. like all these beautiful
2: yeah, tr- and
1: Indian breads. Yeah. you just gotta try it if you're there, right? <laughs> I didn't try it, Joe. <laughs> oh sorry, I, sorry. I binged on it. Oh <laughs> You know, I was like I'm I'm here. I've like, never in India and it was it's delicious. Like there's yeah. no doubt. I I'm, I'm not denying the, the fact that these things are are amazing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I thought I'll I'm going to do it. I'll, look, I'm still paying for it now. Oh. Yeah, so See, um, this
0: is one thing that I always wonder when I finish gaps, if I go to Paris, I want to be able to eat some beautiful pastries yeah. and fresh croissants and yeah.
1: Wouldn't that I be wonder I awesome? wonder how
0: much I can handle.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that's the that's the thing. Like, you and know, that's what's it,
0: the, isn't it? I suppose you have to be very careful adding things back in, and like you said, with the toxicity thing, you're going to look for the healthiest options and yeah. have them very rarely. If it's something that can, you I, know, I think
1: the dose is a big deal. Like, yeah, like I probably could have eaten a naan bread every two, three days, and I, I might have been okay. Yeah. But we went to this place that um, you know it, it's just it's probably one of the best meals of my life. You know, yeah? it was wow. yeah, it was amazing. Like you know, like these are people who've mastered an art form that mm. you know is thousands of years old. It is, yeah. it's, And to me, fire, you know, like real fire and smoke. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: that, that's really the way I think about it. Is as cavemen, you know, yeah. we. When we started cooking stuff, the first um, flavoring that we added to food, when we cooked it, was smoke.
2: Smoke, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so it talks to us at a primal level. So it's really hard to fight. Um, that
0: must be why I love
2: bacon so much.
1: Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> bacon goes through a, a, a reaction called the Maillard reaction, which is similar to the sugar the caramelization of sugar, ah. but it's sort of like caramelization of proteins, ah. which it increases all these flavor compounds in mm-hmm. it, but also, unless your bacon is good quality, I'm sure it's, always is. sure it is, it is,
0: um, <laughs> even,
1: also if, it even yeah. is
0: made like five yeah. minutes from where are
1: they? Do you put sugar in it? A little bit. I can't remember. They probably do, a little bit, and then, you know, you, you'll do the bacon and you cook it and... The, the sugars would caramelize and the proteins would caramel, caramelize and and it's sugar and fat and it tastes great but it's not too much sugar so you don't worry about it and you're okay yeah. so yeah um, but that's 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 great you know yeah, yeah. It,
0: it's just but you know the thing that I come back to is okay just say you get to the end of gaps or you've you've done paleo for a few years and you start to bring some things in um. Just a little and just carefully and always being aware of health and all that kind of thing. It's yeah. still real food, you know, it's not rubbish. Yes. Um, if you do crash and burn, like, you know, feel awful like you said you did, yeah. <laughs> um, you know how to get back on track. Yes. And you know next time, okay, have a little bit less of that. Yeah. Um, it's not like you're back to square one again. Never. Which is very yeah. comforting because this is the thing that my kids were very scared about. They were like, but mom, if we do gaps, um, what's going to happen when we finish gaps and we start, mm-hmm. we, what if we go and have some homemade spelt bread and yeah. we have to start yeah. gaps over yeah. all yeah. again? Yeah. Yeah, like, no, just... no, no, no. It doesn't work like that. It's okay. No, it
1: yeah. You
0: know, as you heal your body, you'll be able to handle a little bit of other things and it won't yeah. be such a big issue as it is now.
1: Yeah, well, so, you know, we, we're very strong. Like, yeah. Human body is, is amazing. Mm. It really is. Like imagine, amazing. imagine the stuff we throw at it, and it still does alright. Mm. But um, yeah, we, we we worry about that. We also worry about our own will and determination, as yeah. if, you know. Um, but but we we have a lot of unreasonable fears. You know, like we yeah. we kind of uh, we like to set a lot of boundaries with us because that's kind of been the the lack of trust. I think from a psychological perspective, you know, like when uh, uh, p- parents just don't let kids do stuff because they. Worry that that might like the kid might abuse the power that was mm-hmm. given to them, you know. Yeah. So they treat us in a way that like they, they, it's very kind of limiting, and yes. they're like, "Don't do this." And uh,
2: yeah.
1: why? Because they. They worry that hey, you 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 cannot be trusted mm-hmm. uh, with with the power that's given to you. So you have to learn limits, mm-hmm. and because you might just go off the rails. And and I think that kind of attitude might be instilled in us because you know most of us because you know we're older. Mm-hmm. You know the new generation might have a different uh, yeah. approach. Of, or I know, I'm, surely I don't bring my kids up in that way. I, I trust that you know they they know what's good. Like we have an inherent ability of actually knowing what it, what good behavior is. Um, but, of course, when it comes to food, it is different because it talks to these pleasure centers, like, uh, yeah. uh, but but we are adults mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we, we have to be able to trust ourselves and we have to know that, if, you know, if I eat a baguette today, in a year's time, I'm not going to, I wouldn't have eaten 30,000 baguettes, you know, yeah. it's not, like, you know, First of all, trust that. Trust that now you have a better gauge and, like, after having gone through this experience, now you know what wellness feels like. Yes, And you know exactly. it as, as an adult and you know that mm-hmm. it is a, an experience that is available to you mm-hmm. and you know when you're not feeling well.
2: And you know, you know what,
1: what to do. You know what and um and, and you do it and yeah. you get better again. I, I've put on weight and I've lost weight again. You know, yeah. like, I've... But, you know, I never actually went back to being 124 kilos. But I did go down uh, to, I think, 91 kilos. Mm-hmm. And um, then I went back up to, say, I think 99 was, again, like, what what I went to. But that was, uh, you know, periods of big, big stress in my life. Yes. Uh, and, uh, <laughs>
0: that's always a big
1: thing. Yeah, it is a big thing. So mm-hmm. that, that's, you know, that's, again, one of those things where, you, you, I mean, we we're not... We're not a chemical reaction. No, there's so we're such complex things, and so uh, much more
0: to it than just what you eat.
1: Yeah, Joe, yeah. so have we gone over time? Yes,
0: I think we should stop. But that was really interesting. Thank you for that. And I think um, I think that will be really helpful because it, a lot of people are a bit confused as to what do you do when you finish gaps, or yeah. what, what do you do when you've been on paleo for a few years and you're like, well. Do I just stay there forever? or? And really, obviously, it's up to each person to figure out how long and whether they do stay doing exactly that for years. But I just thought it would be good to hear your viewpoint because I know that you do eat really healthy but you're not so um, bound Labels. up. Labeled. Yeah, yeah. In, in a label and it's it's. I think that's the healthy way to be. Once your body can handle other things, it's okay to have them now and then.
1: It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I think, uh, we should really cover the, the thing about, uh, I think we did a little bit, mm-hmm. but maybe what we should talk about is, if you're part of a community yeah. of people who eat well, mm-hmm. and um, don't fear that if you extend your your range yes. beyond what the community thinks is actually acceptable,
2: yeah.
1: don't be bound by that, no. you know, you you... You should do things that work for you yeah. and you should enjoy you know, life and don't be restricted by people's expectations or expectations of yourself that are based on just constructs that you've made up in your head. Just base it on, on what you feel is right for you yeah. and you can figure it out.
0: It's funny you should say that because all my blogging life, everything's pretty much been dairy-free with now and then a little bit of butter. Yeah. And now my kids are starting to have dairy.
2: And what do you
0: do? Yeah, it's like, oh, this is weird. So I'll I'll uh, mention what they're eating and I'll say with some yogurt uh, or with some camembert yeah. cheese or and I'll say, well, I didn't actually have any because I can't handle it, but they did. And I think I don't have to make excuses. It's okay if people want to have dairy. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's, so it's yeah, funny. But... You're
0: just so used to being known as dairy-free that you've got to stay dairy-free.
1: Yeah, as if that's like, you know, the end um, what, you want to go vote for Tony Abbott now, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we got a little bit political. I hope yeah. that's fine. Like a... Yeah, watch out. No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think yeah. the thing is, I try to, with my recipes, I do try to make lots of variations because I know there's people on every stage of the journey And so I try to make sure I have dairy-free options as well.
1: Really, I don't know where you get the energy and the will and the determination and (laughs) the kindness that you have.
0: Well, guys, that's it for our episode of A Quirky Journey. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, Fuad, for joining me, and I hope you'll be back.
1: Thank you, Joe. I'll definitely be back.
0: Cool. Um, well, we'd love to hear your feedback, guys. So if you'd like to let us know what you thought, you can leave some um, comments on my Facebook page. Do you have a Facebook page going at the moment, Vlad?
1: Um Well, I do have the, the restaurant Facebook page, uh, which is uh, facebook.com slash So, B-A-R-A-K-A? B-A-R-A-K-A? Yes, yeah. A-U. Yeah. A-U. B-R-A-K-A. A-U. B A R A K A U.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I'm yeah. getting tongue tied. Right. Right.
1: Okay. You can visit the food blog. Um, yeah. Have I think that's been... really, that really will be my thing. And for so a will while. you be
0: updating that more now? That you have yeah, more time?
1: I'm hoping, I'm hoping I will. It's uh, I've got a lot to talk about, a lot of stuff that.
0: Yeah. That, a lot of you know, experiences to share now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I want new recipes
0: yeah. to. Let us have. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll, I'll share that bread recipe at some point. Yeah, time.
0: maybe you should just write a book for. I'd just do it. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon you should do it.
1: I'll see how it goes. We so. want a cookbook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I might. I might. I've had a few really good ideas for cookbooks, I but think you um, should. yeah, let's do it. Let's do it together.
0: All right, cool. I, I Except your gum. recipes are better than mine, you said. I heard you say that at the start of the Yeah, podcast. I am amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should just do it.
1: <laughs> Fine, I'm joking. So. Yeah. I, I'm saying I'm, I'm a better stylist than you are. I'll style you both. <laughs>
0: Oh, okay exactly. cool yeah. yeah you do All that right. cool. well thank All you everyone right. <laughs> check out thefoodblog.com.au and um yeah there's some awesome recipes on there and we'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast on itunes and also check out com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available and next week i should be back with samantha who was going to do um part two of the oils questions essential oils She couldn't be with us today, so it should be next week. So stay tuned for that one, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye.
1: This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the
0: conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on
1: iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.